Thank you for joining us this Mother's Day weekend. Uh, we hope that in the midst of even a global pandemic, uh, that you can find a way to remember, uh, honor, celebrate uh, the mothers in your life. A mother, a grandmother, a foster mom. Uh, would you celebrate them? Everybody watching and listening likely understands the significance of moms. Uh, they've, They've likely had a tremendous influence on your life. Now, I know some of those mothers, it may have been a negative experience, but for For many, it's a positive experience. Uh, A mother has the opportunity to bring incredible joy, to be a rich blessing, to bring uh, amazing encouragement into the life of a child. I know even for me, my own mother has been such a source of encouragement. Uh, she, She has this knack, this intuition that you moms understand for sending a card at just the right time or sending a text. Uh, Here here about a week ago, she was texting me pictures from my childhood, and it just brought a sense of joy. Moms just understand that. I think Mother's Day weekend gives us the opportunity to to really highlight uh, the significance of women. Motherhood is an evidence of how women are are such an important part of life. Now, now let me clarify. I'm not saying that a woman's significance is tied to her womb. What I am saying is that motherhood is one of many ways we see the significance of women. If you're a woman, whether you are a child, a teen, a young adult... You are significant. And the passage we look at this morning, or this weekend, whenever you watch this, highlights the significance of women in in God's best world. As we think about the significance of women, I want you to think about those women that have made a profound impact on your life. Who are they? How do they make that impact? Uh, maybe it's someone who's, who you've got this deeply personal relationship with. Uh, may, maybe it's a, uh, your own mother. Maybe it's a grandmother. Maybe it's a sister. Maybe it's an aunt or an auntie, like they used to say in the South, or maybe still do. Maybe it's a teacher, a coach. Or maybe it's someone that it's a more distant, impersonal relationship. Maybe there's a sp- specific blogger, uh, writer, author, musician, a poet, or or public figure uh, that's made a profound impact on your life. Who are those women that have influenced you? Here's what I'd like to do is take a moment and reflect. Uh, Reflect with those you're gathered with. If you have people around you, reflect personally and, and answer these questions. The first question, who are the women that have had the greatest impact on your life? And share why. I know this is going to be hard if you're watching with elementary school children or, or, or students in junior high and high school. Sometimes you get one-word answers. But, but, but try to leave the discussion to where you're explaining why those women have been so impactful to you. And, and kids, if your mom has been this way, it may feel awkward. But this would be a really valuable time to just look at her and tell her 
Mom, this is why you've had such a great influence in my life. And just tell her. You can write it in a card. You can, you can make her a cupcake. You can make her a, a wonderful smiley face out of hot dog pieces. But man, if you just tell her why she makes a difference, it will mean so much to her mama's heart. So, so who are the women that have had the greatest impact on your life and why? Here's the second question. How have women helped you on your journey as a follower of Jesus? How have women uh, enriched your faith or helped you grow? Maybe name a youth leader or uh, someone who taught you something. For me, I can remember Betty Henry as a child. I can remember Terry Champagne as a high school youth leader. Uh, I can remember other women that I've watched in ministry and how they love and, and help people. Um, Beth Moore, I've learned a ton from Beth Moore. Who are the women that have helped you on your journey as a follower, disciple of Jesus? And here's the final question. If you're a woman, how do you hope God will use you to further his mission and his purposes in this world? So take a moment and reflect on those questions. All right. Now that you have the opportunity to reflect on those questions, um, I, I want you to... Um, sit back and observe as I interview a woman from Lebanon Christian Church um, who is one of many women here that God is using uh, to make a difference in his kingdom. Uh, I'm here with Carrie Baird, and um, she's a, a member of our church. Her and her family have been a part of our church for a long time. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to hear from her uh, and how her uh, life is kind of living this legacy for our God and how she honors him. So Carrie, would you start by just sharing a, with us a little bit about you, um, you, your family, your, your passions? Yeah. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, I'm a child of God, right? Um, I have been, you know, I grew up in the church, but, you know, really, um, really gave my life to Christ around uh, the age of 19, where I went all in. Mm. Um, I'm a wife. We've been married for 20 years um, this coming June, so that's pretty awesome. exciting. Yeah. And then I'm a mom of um, three awesome kids. So my oldest is a senior this year at Western Boone, and um, I have a 16-year-old and a daughter um, named Cami who is 12. And, you know, also I've been, you know, a, an executive in business. And that's where I really felt that God was calling me to serve him. Um, and that, that's been my mission field for, um, you know, pretty much most of my, my adulthood. So, yeah. Very cool. As, as we, we think about what you've done uh, in the business field, uh, how, do you, how do you see um, business as mission? That's a phrase you've used before. I know this is a little off script, but... Yeah. But help me understand that philosophy. I think it's a beautiful philosophy. Yeah, so, you know, I think when you are, um, when you've given your life to Christ, there isn't a compartmentalization. When, when you go all in, you know, you say, okay, not only am I going to serve you in my role as a mom or a role as a, a wife or a woman, um, but really every day, wherever you are, Right, so that idea of being bloom where you're planted—I mm -hmm. know people say that a lot, but it is true. And I—I I was a working woman, and so I thought, okay, God, if I'm to 
bloom where I'm planted. What does that mean? And, you know, I, I felt like I was being, my talents were being used in business. I felt that I had a natural love for business. And I thought, okay, God, like this must be where you want me to be. And if that is the case, then I'm here to serve you in whatever capacity yeah. that you put me in. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we just think like, you know, mission work is, you know, overseas or it's, you know, it's all of these other places, but sometimes God uses you right there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, that was business. And so I, with that mindset, that changed everything for me. Um, and I started looking for ways, people that I could serve, ways that I could serve. How do I honor God in, in all of the different areas, not just my, my life outside of, yeah. you know, work. And that's what he calls us to. And that's why I love that you articulated that because um, he calls us to see all of life as his. But so many people want to compartmentalize. And I, I hope that so many people that are going to be watching this kind of grab hold of that and see that it's, it really is about all of life. One of the things I'm curious about um, is what women have had the greatest influence in your life? Yeah. Um, you know, from people in my life, for sure, you know, my mom, um, my mom, my mom is the reason why American Idol, you have that first three weeks of awful singers auditioning because my mom is such an encourager that she's like, if, if follow your dreams, follow your, you know, and she just, she has a gift in, in that encouragement. And, um, my sister Annie obviously is, is also one of those who's a, who's a very big encourager. Yeah. Um, I was really lucky that my two grandmothers, they were just very strong and grounded women. Mm. Um, and then even just, you know, my mother-in-law, my, my sister-in-laws, you know, they are Christ followers. My daughter is an influencer. And so, um, so that, those were my personal lives. And, and, and then also my, you know, I have a close circle of friends. I have two friends in particular who, man, they are my prayer warriors, like they are the ones who are, will tell you, you know, they're there to encourage me, but they're also there to kind of check my blind spots. And they, mm. they're the, they're the ones who say like, be careful here, or, you know, I don't know that you should do yeah. this. And, and you need somebody who can kind of keep you accountable for, um, for following God's will. So, um, I would say that's probably my close, close knit circle. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. When you think about the women, you mentioned your mother, your sister, and others. Who Could you pinpoint a couple women that have had a great influence on just your following of Jesus that have kind of taught you, here's here's what it looks like, have kind of had that profound influence on your, your walk as a disciple, I guess. Yeah. So I would say, to be honestly, I looked to Scripture for that. Mm. Um, and I I did struggle with seeing kind of women in the Bible as somebody that I could relate to. And I think I've told you that before. I felt like the women of the Bible just were, they baked a lot of bread <laughs> and they counted how many kids they had. Yeah. And that was really either, their stories were more of an example, you know, just to teach for, you know, kind of a moral of the story is don't do that. Um, but I didn't know that I really identified um, with, with the women of, the Bible until I searched and and here I was you know my in my career it was rising really quickly and I was in leadership you know in the leadership position and I'm making decisions and, and how do you not only lead a team but lead a team of men I'm in the sports industry so you know it, there was just this 
how do I fit in? Yeah. And is this even right? You know, it, it, am I where I need to be? And so I looked for, honestly, examples in scripture just to confirm, like, okay, God, like, who am I? Yeah. And am I, can I, you know, can I be seen, you know, or can I identify with some of these women in, in scripture? And I came across Deborah. Um, Deborah is this leader of, of um, Israel, and she is a wife, and she, you know, sat at the palm of um, Deborah. So it was kind of like this, <laughs> she went to an office every day, and I just started seeing, like, okay, there's little nuggets in yeah. scripture of where I can say, okay, maybe it's not the norm, mm -hmm. but it certainly is, you know, it's there if you look yeah, for it. Yeah. So I would say Deborah probably was like the, the, the first time that I was like, okay, this is exactly where That's God's neat. calling me to be. Isn't it fascinating when you find that, that person in scripture that you really identify with? Like yep. there's just some life. I know when I was going through a rough season, I found Moses mm -hmm. and, um, Moses is probably the opposite of Deborah as far as, a gifted leader like he he kind of stumbled into it um but the his willingness to journey through the wilderness and things that just resonated and so i go back to moses and i guess you probably find yourself going back to deborah again i kind of the question that comes around do you have a tree at home do like does your family come to you and gather at the the palm of carrie or anything no but you know what's <laughs> so funny is that so you you know you read her story and she tells you know a military leader like hey raise up an army I mean, that's weird. Um, and he's like, okay, I'll go to war, but you're going with me. And I can't imagine Deborah going back to her husband, you know, and saying like, okay, you know, here in a, in a, a few days, we're, I'm going to go to war, right? <laughs> and uh, so you need to plan and, you know, you're on your own for dinner tonight because, you know, I, today's the war day. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> everything's going to work out, but, you know, I'm going to be late yeah. getting home. So, um that to me is just, I, I wish there were like, there was more, yeah, you know, that, yeah. but at the same time, you know, how many times would I have, you know, an event or something like that? And, you know, I'm telling Kurt, like, you know, here's my schedule and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be late here or, you know, I'm going to be gone or traveling here yeah. and kind of, you know, working out the details of who's getting kids where and all of that. But I just think she's, she was really cool for me. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. I'm glad that God led you to that. Yeah. Um, what, many of you um, watching this don't know is that Carrie is a gifted writer. Um, uh, she has a blog and um, I, I want them to know about that. I want them to hear the heart behind it and how God's using it um, because really, um, and I'm not just saying this because we're on camera, I, I've written this to you in the email, I know um, they're inspiring, they're encouraging, they are rooted in, in scripture. Um, and they're so life-giving. And so if you would, share a little about your blog and, and also give us kind of the ways to get to that and see that for those that don't know that it's there. Yeah, so um, the blog is called I Have Called You By Name. Um, that, com that comes from Isaiah 43. And I came across that um, in, in a place where I was searching. And, you know, as, as a woman of God, there are times that, you know... <sighs> I just felt like, you know, God, are you seeing me? And I think that resonates with a lot of women because we do a lot of work and we do a lot of service. And, and a lot of times, you know, it's like, 
I'm doing all of this and you know I, I get the bigger picture I see mm. God on a macro level and I get that he's a all-powerful creator but you know to have him as my personal savior that's just so special and it's almost like you know when you are um, being selected for a dodgeball team right when somebody knows you and calls you to their team by name mm. like hey Craig like you know I, I want Craig on my team that's like Wow, oh, yeah. you know, and so I, I just kind of resonated with this, like, God knows my name. Like, it, I am not just, you know, some uh, part of this mass, you know, movement of, you know, nobodies who are, you know, working in a plan. Um, he, he has a purpose for me, and he sees me, and he loves me, and he, he knows all of my faults, yet I'm still his, and he is mine. And I just felt like that that spoke a lot to my life at the time and the blog is um really honestly a way for me to just process for myself um you know i learn by wanting to teach mm -hmm. and when you have to teach it back to somebody it, it's like it, it's that onus of mastering you know that oh, yeah. um and so first and foremost it's for me to just put thought to paper of like an organizing okay this is this is where i stand here um, the other piece of it is for my kids, honestly. I mean, yes, I, I like reaching a broader audience, but like I want my kids to be able to look back and say, this is what mom stood for. This mm. is what mom believed. Like, this is what she was going through in this time. And this is how she, you know, used, used her like words to, to kind of like take scripture and apply it to what was happening in her life. And there's just this legacy component. Yeah. And I like that I'm reaching other people, but I just want there to be no doubt with my kids yeah. that that is what I believe and that God worked through me. So I love how God uses these things that are true. Like there, there's no desire for, for fame. There's no desire. Um, it doesn't start with, I want to reach a lot of people. It starts with, God, this is what you're doing. And this is how I want to bless my family. But in the process, God uses that when we hold it so empty-handed and open-handed, I guess is the right way to say it. He takes it because I, I'm telling you that they are thought provoking. I, I love them. Audrey and I, I'll say, hey, have you read Carrie's blog? Because something has challenged me. And so I think God is using that in a powerful way. Um, I may have missed it. Did you tell, like, is there a website to find your blog? Yeah, it's um, www.ihavecalledyoubyname.com. Awesome. So, That's yeah. easy enough. Yeah. Very good. Um, kind of as we finish our time here, will, um, will you speak to... Um, your hopes uh, for women and the difference you want to be able to see them make in the world for King Jesus and then maybe bridge into uh, the legacy that you are striving. You just mentioned legacy to live for your daughter, for your sons, and um, this is a big question, I guess, and then move into kind of how you and Kurt do this together. And yeah. so maybe you just kind of wrap that up. Yeah, so... You know, one thing um, I just, I, I, I want to emphasize is that you can't bear fruit unless you are connected to the vine. Mm. And I think sometimes, especially for women, we do a lot of, of, of serving and doing all of the right things to check a box. And there's a, it, at the expense of our own relationship with God. And I, you know, there's a reason why when you're on an airplane and they're talking about, you know, if the plane's going down, the oxygen masks are gonna fall from the sky. Why do they tell you to put it on your face first? It's because you have to, you have to take care of yourself first. 
And so, you know, I see a lot of moms, I see a lot of wives, I see a lot of women who who are busy taking care of kids and 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 sometimes, you know, you only get maybe 30 seconds alone in a bathroom where you can pull up scripture but use it for that time, right? So you have to be connected. Um so and and then secondly is just, you know, looking once you are connected and, you know, taking care of yourself, sometimes then God shows you um, ways that you can serve others. And it's not like you're, oh, I want to be a fruit today. You know, mm-hmm. I want to want to bear some fruit today. Yeah. It's It just naturally <laughs> yeah, like starts yeah, to happen yeah. when you're connected. Um, and I think also for, for women in particular, there's this sense of like, you're not enough, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm not ever going to be the best wife. I'm not going to be the best parent. And God knows that. And God mm. gave you that anyway like they gave they gave me a family knowing that i'm not going to be the best mom kurt's not going to be the best dad and i've told my kids that i was like you know despite all of our shortcomings they gave us to you any or gave you to us anyway and you know what like if we fulfilled every single need of yours you would never need a god because all of your needs would have been met yeah that's profound so, um, so, so that's kind of like, you know, for those women out there who feel like they're just mm-hmm. not enough. Um, and I think lastly, and this is really kind of for my daughter specifically is that, um, you know, we sit around the dinner table at night and, you know, the con- she's old enough to contribute to a conversation mm-hmm. and sometimes she just doesn't get heard. And it's not, you know, my, it's not my husband intentionally talking over her mm-hmm. or her teenage brothers talking over her. It's just, it she's the lowest on the totem pole and for whatever reason it just her voice doesn't always get heard and sometimes you know it takes somebody to just pause a conversation and say hey cammy like you had something to say what is that but i think a lot of times you know women just feel like i just get overran Mm -hmm. and um i just want to encourage i guess those women who are like you know despite if you feel that way God hears you mm-hmm. and God, God still has a purpose for you. And he sees what you're doing that nobody else may maybe see. So, um, what was the last half of that question? Just the, the, you've, I think you've hit on some of the legacy you're wanting to, to live and leave for Cami. And I want you to share, I mean, you and Kurt both view your life as, um, basically living for the mission of God. Can, can you show like, what that looks like? The two of you doing that together? And yeah. So, you know, Kurt has a talent for um, reaching children who, um, you know, he, he works with special needs kids at um, the high school. Um, he also works with kids who are what would society would view as the troubled kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a crazy ability to be able to connect with those kids in ways that, you know, when, when the rest of the world has kind of written some of them off, um, he's able to, to be that encourager and um, uses his talents for that. He's also a basketball coach, so, you know, there's a lot of... And he takes that kind of um, with the same viewpoint. I'm here for a reason. And some of these, um, the kids that come across, you know, our paths, maybe they don't have fathers at home. Maybe they don't have good male role models. And he really takes that as like, this is my opportunity to show a different mm-hmm. side. And um, we've opened our home many times to kids who um, need a safe place to, to stay sometimes, um, gathered 
clothes. You know, my, my kids know that, you know, sometimes at eight o'clock at night, we're raiding their closet. Like, you know, we need to gather some clothes for some, yeah. some people. Um, and your stuff is not always your stuff. Yeah. We're going to give it to somebody yeah. who needs it. That's cool. Um, and, and so that's how we're, um, how we also work together. There's times that, you know, he'll say, he thinks that I know scripture better than he does, which isn't true, but you know, he'll be on the phone with, you know, a kid and he'll be mm -hmm. like, Hey, they're going through this, like <laughs> give me a scripture yeah, verse. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Yeah. You know? And so, um, that's how we're, you know, living our faith together. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much yeah. for, um, everything that led up to us having a little bit of this time together for your willingness to be vulnerable and to share. And I hope that I mean, sincerely Carrie, that someone, um, Cami, others, maybe see you as their Deborah someday. Thank you. All right. I wanted you to hear Carrie's story, not because you should feel like you need to be just like Carrie. In fact, I think you can gather from our conversation that uh, she would not want that for you. I highlight her story because Carrie shows what it looks like to be a woman who is just pursuing God. She wants to honor God with her life. She would tell you she's not perfect. Um, her family would probably tell you that, but, she, but none of us are. She's pursuing God's best for her life. And when we pursue God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength, he, he uses us for significant things. Now, not, not always are those significant things in the eyes of the world, but they are significant for his kingdom and what he's accomplishing and helping people encounter his very best. Here's something that I hope every woman watching this understands this weekend. Something I hope every guy understands. If you are a woman, you are significant. And God wants you to play a significant part in his kingdom. You know, even as I say that, I'm, I'm visualizing a number of, especially our young women at Lemonade Christian Church. I'm picturing some of the children. I'm picturing Clara and, and Journey and Josie and Juliet. I'm picturing Sarah. I'm picturing Adeline and Eliza. I'm picturing Evelyn. I, I, I'm picturing just a number of others, uh, Kaylin and Elena and, and, and Caitlin and, and Lucy and, and so many more that they just keep coming to mind. I want you to understand that you are significant in God's kingdom and God's mission. Maybe if you're a guy, you're saying, well great. What, what about us? Like, can we just tune out? Can, can we go surf on our phones? Can, can we go uh, play Fortnite? No, you need to understand this too. It's important to see that women have a significant place in God's mission, in God's kingdom. They, they, they always have. If you go back to the very beginning, it says, God says, let us make mankind in our image, humankind in our image. And it says, in the image of God, he made them male and female. God reflects his image in both of us, male and female. God creates Adam and he says, it's not good for, for man to be alone, so I'll make a suitable helper for him. He, he gives someone uh, to the human race so that they can share 
this mission that he's giving them. And together they're fruitful. Together they multiply. Together they fill the earth. Together they subdue it. They're on mission together. See, here's, here's one of the lies that, that we, are, we are taught. There, there's a lot of uh, people that believe that so much of life in our culture is an either-or proposition. Either you are for this political uh, party in all of their ideology, or you're for this political party in all of their ideology. Either you are a Mac person, or you're a PC person. Either you are a DC Comics person, or a Marvel Comics person. Either you are iPhone, or you are Android. It's an either-or. It's, it's you can be for this ethnicity, or that ethnicity. No, why can't it be both and? Don't believe the lie that it's either or. See, sometimes we think that if we elevate the and help people see the true significance of women, that somehow that diminishes the significance of men. Or we think that if we highlight the significance of men, we somehow diminish the significance of women. No, God tells us a different story. Both are equally significant to his mission, to his purposes in this world. One of the things that Jesus does so well is he restores. He brings things back to how God intends for them to be. Well, we see a rich history of women who make a significant difference in the kingdom uh, in the Old Testament scriptures, the early days of God's people. I think of Sarah, I think of Jochebed, the mother of Moses, Miriam, his sister. I think of people like Deborah, I think of Ruth and, and Esther and, and even Naomi to some degree with her ability to think about getting um, the, 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 the wives of her sons to a safer place. They're significant and there, there are many others. Something happened though as we move towards the time of Jesus, um, many people began to see women as being inferior. So when Jesus is born and Jesus grows up, he grows up in a world where many people view women as being inferior, being less than, less significant than men. And Jesus does what Jesus does best. He begins to restore how people see the world and how we should see the world, what God's best version of the world and humanity and human relationships looks like. And so he elevates and restores women to a place where they see their equal significance in the mission of God. So that's highlighted in our passage this week. We're in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. I want to read through it, walk through it to help you see the significance of women, and then just hit a couple of primary, primary points. Here's what Luke chapter 8 says. Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. I want you to see what's happening here. What is Jesus doing? Look at verse 1. He's continuing to go throughout the cities and villages. He's continuing to travel. And what's his mission? To proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. 
Jesus is on a mission to help people see how God is saving the world, how God is reconciling things, how God is uh, restoring people back. He is doing what he said he would do. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And there are other people with him. Disciples travel with him. We're told that the 12 are with him. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus stays up all night praying and he selects from the disciples, from these people who devoted their life to him, men and women who devoted their life to him, these 12 men that he's going to set apart for a specific task. It doesn't mean they're more important. It doesn't mean they're more valuable. They just enjoyed this different relationship with Jesus and he has a different purpose for them. But it's not just the 12 there with Jesus on this mission to bring God's kingdom. Look who else is there. Did you catch it? The 12 were with him and also some women. And these are women who've been transformed. These are women who, who represent like, like all of society from what people could consider the lowest rungs of society to the highest rungs. Obviously, God does not have that criteria. God doesn't live by a caste system. God does not identify people by a social class. But in the eyes of the world, these people span, these women span all of society. And he names three of the women that have been transformed. Uh, Luke tells us about Mary Magdalene, seven demons. To, to be demon-possessed, you see this in Jesus' travels, typically meant that you are cast out. You, you lived with the horrors of the demonic possession and the, the, the spells it would send you into, and you lived in poverty often. And yet Mary's life had been transformed. By the way, if you've not seen The Chosen yet, uh, check that out through YouTube and uh, watch that very first episode and see uh, their portrayal of Mary's transformation. It is deeply moving. We also have um, Joanna, the, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager. Here's Herod, uh, the, the ruling um, puppet king of Judea. And his household manager, Chusa, that wife is following Jesus, his wife. So she probably is a woman of great means, and, and she's with Jesus. And then we have Susanna, and we don't know Susanna's story. The scriptures don't tell us anything else about Susanna, but she's there. So these named women who've been transformed, and they're making an impact. They're joining Jesus in his mission. They are significant to the mission and the kingdom of God. But there's more. Look at how verse 3 ends. Not only are there these three but it says, and there are many others. Like these are three, but there are so many women. And what are they doing? They're providing for them out of their means. Who are the them? They're providing for this unique work that Jesus is doing with his 12 as they proclaim the kingdom of God. Um, they're supporting. They're joining Jesus in this mission. Here's what I hope above everything else you get as you watch this is that women are significant to the mission in the kingdom of God. Here, here are a couple primary things I, I hope that you'll learn uh, as, we, as we navigate this. One is this, is that Jesus invited women to regain their significance in the kingdom and mission of God. As we said, it's countercultural. Women were viewed as inferior. Uh, the records we have of other rabbis and their disciples, they would not invite the female disciples to actually journey with them and travel with them. Jesus did. In fact, something else is happening here. If you look at how God led and inspired uh, Luke, 
he highlights not only in his gospel, this biography of Jesus' life, but, but in the stories that are in the Acts, uh, he highlights women. Like God is using Luke to share how, how women have a significant place in his kingdom story. It, it's all throughout Luke, from the very beginning when an angel appears to Zechariah, but an angel also appears to Mary. We have Mary's beautiful song of salvation and redemption. When, when Jesus is blessed in the temple, not only is there Simeon, but there's Anna. We see Jesus highlight the, 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 the faith of this sinful woman. We saw that in the, the verses that precede this account, uh, chapter 7. We have parables where he pairs an example uh, of men with the example of women. We have a persistent widow who is highlighted for her prayers and a widow who is highlighted for her offering. We have women who are at the cross with Jesus as he dies and they're the first ones at the tomb. When Jesus ascends into heaven in Acts chapter 1, it's either verse 12 or verse 14, we find some of these very same women waiting for the Holy Spirit. Do you see that there's this significance of women, men and women equally significant in the kingdom of God? But that was countercultural. That's different. He's, he's, he's raising, he's elevating, he's helping people see this is how God intends for it to be. And so Jesus invites women to regain their significance in the kingdom and the mission of God. And so one of the things I want you to see is that as, as a follower of Jesus, you and I need to understand that women are significant in the kingdom of God. If you're a woman, it's a pretty easy message probably to hear. You are significant. You matter. You have a place in the mission of God, just as men do. And again, you may be saying if you're a guy, but, but what about me? Here's why this is so important. One of the enemy's greatest lies is to get young men and old men to believe that women are only given, uh, only created to benefit us. They're for pleasure, they're for enjoyment, to do things. That's a lie. Women are a gift from God, but they're a gift for all of humanity to use their unique wiring, their unique gifts, their unique personalities uh, to, to, to further the kingdom and the mission of God. If you're a junior high boy or a preteen boy, you need to understand how significant women are. It should change the way you view them. They're not someone just to give you a back massage or to scratch your back or to tell you how good you are. They are equal co-laborers in the kingdom. Now, there are times God uses us in different roles, in different ways, but roles do not equate to significance and value. Women are significant in the kingdom and the mission of God. Here's the second thing I, I want you to see. When you see what the women did, it says they provided for them. They provided for this kingdom work out of their means. These three women and the many others chose to use their unique gifts, talents, abilities, treasures, personalities, skill sets, and dedicated them to helping God's name be made great. You play a significant role in God's kingdom story when you use the unique you that he made you to be 
to make a difference. This goes for men and for women. But women, I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. God wants to use your unique collection of gifts, talents, abilities, influence, and resources to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. God wants to use those. Will you let him? Let's be a, a church. Let's, let's be a people reflecting God that, that sees the significance of men and women. And, and together we use our unique gifts and talents and abilities to make a difference for his name. My challenge to you is to take what we've seen here today. And if you're a woman, you would say, God, how can you use me? The gifts, the talents, the abilities that you've given me. And how can I leverage those? And if you're a guy, ask those same questions. And together, may we champion the mission and the kingdom of God. Uh, one, one final thought. Something that stuck out to me in this passage is that we have three named women. People know Mary Magdalene's name. We know Joanna's name. We know Susanna's name. There are some women whose names we'll know. But there are also many women who make an equally significant mark on the world whose names we never know. So whether you are a woman whose name we know, or you're one of the many others, whether you're a man whose name we know, or you're one of the many others, as you dedicate your life, as you pursue him, as you learn from him, as you dedicate your life to his mission, you were made for mission, to the mission of God. You will, along with so many others, proclaim the good news of the kingdom and we will change this world and anthem his hope. And our world needs it. May you go in peace.